Hey RayFam, thank you for being part of our incredible community. Your support has made the Ragsy Show a hub for amazing stories, thought-provoking conversations and unforgettable moments. We've embarked on a mission to bring you the most extraordinary guests, individuals with unique perspectives and stories that inspire. And here's where you come in. We are aiming to take our podcast to new heights and we want you to be a part of that journey. Imagine this. By subscribing to The Rag Z Show, you're not just staying updated on the latest episodes, you're actively contributing to the growth of our community and helping us attract even more amazing guests onto the show. So, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button right now. It's a small action with a huge impact. Subscribing not only shows your support for the podcast, but it also sends a powerful message to potential guests that the community is passionate, engaged, and hungry for the kind of content that sparks curiosity and fuels inspiration. And if you have already subscribed, fantastic! Share the love by telling your friends, family, and colleagues about the Ragsy Show. Together, we can build a community that celebrates diverse voices and extraordinary stories. Well, thank you for being a part of this journey. Your support means the world to us. So hit that subscribe button, join our growing community and let's continue unlocking extraordinary stories together on The Ragsy Show. We all know the feeling, the panic that sets into your stomach when you see the bill for an unexpected car repair. How are we going to pay for that? But what if a car repair was just an inconvenience? Instead of worrying, you pay the bill without thinking twice. And a week later, you've forgotten it even happened. So that's how little it affects your financial situation. And it's not an emergency, it's barely a hiccup. So now, do you feel that sense of relief? Well, if you do, that's what we call financial freedom. Okay, so for those of you who are tuning in, my name is Rayson and I'm your host for The Ragsy Show. And tonight, today, it is our honor and pleasure to have invited an incredible entrepreneur. His name is none other than Tony Lopes. Tony is a first-generation American CEO of Dirty Boots Capital, real estate professional, best-selling author, coach and speaker. He earned a BS in mechanical engineering and an MBA from UMass. He worked in the defense industry for 19 years, managing multi-million dollar programs while simultaneously building a portfolio of residential income properties. His investments, coupled with his understanding of markets and economics, allowed him to retire at age 44. His book, Freedom at Risk helps readers gain a greater appreciation for the interdependencies among education, politics, the economy, money, culture, and society, and how each impacts our freedoms and learn how to formulate a plan to protect and maximize them. What drives Tony is sharing his knowledge and experience so that others can achieve financial independence and enjoy the same level of freedom he does. Well, without further ado, let's welcome the podcast. Yay, Tony. <laughs> Thank you, Rayson. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. You did a beautiful job. 
I appreciate you. I appreciate your audience, your viewers, your listeners. This is going to be a lot of fun. I've been looking forward to this conversation for uh, a couple of weeks now uh, to just kind of just kind of talk through some of these issues uh, that we're seeing happening in the world today that we're all wrestling with, right? You wrestle with it. I wrestle with it. Your listeners, right? This is not like we have some superpower and we have all the answers uh, to be able to say, hey, do this and that and you'll be saved. It's not like that, right? We're all struggling through some of these things uh, and just working to learn from each other. So I'm super excited about this and hopefully adding some value for your your audience along the way. Oh, well, I'm pretty sure you add a ton of value to all of us in this episode as well. And because, you know, when I received the invitation from Diana, I was looking through at your profile. I was like looking at it. I was like looking at the website and I was like thinking, wow, this is amazing. And you know what, everyone? This guy over here, Tony, is he's retired. And he retired at the age of 44. And later on, we're going to ask him about the secrets of how he actually managed to retire at such a young age. All right. But of course, Tony, uh, can you share with us a bit about your background and how you became interested in the topics of personal and financial freedom and macroeconomics? Sure. Uh, so a uh, little bit about my background. I'm a, I'm a product of immigrant parents. Uh, like many of uh, maybe your your audience members, your your listeners, uh, I uh, I grew up uh, in a in a uh, in a home where my parents migrated from another country. So they experienced hardships in that other country. They came to this country. They saw a tremendous opportunity, and they they worked hard, uh, hard blue collar workers. And so I grew up in that environment, uh, and were brought up on the values of go to school, get a good education, you'll get a good job, and you'll be set for life. And that mantra was instilled in me and my siblings, and it was it was a good mantra to have back then. And so I did what my parents told me to do. I went to school, I got a good education, I got a good job, and then I got laid off. And I was like, whoa, that wasn't part of the mantra. That wasn't part of the plan. I was supposed to have a good life after this. Uh, and so that was really a wake-up call for me at that point. That was a huge inflection point. You know, in our lives, and again, for your listeners, you already, we all have high highs in our lives and some pretty low lows in our lives. And this was a very low low for me being laid off, saying, wait a minute, I have, you know, two degrees uh, two good degrees, an engineering degree, an MBA degree. What's what's wrong? And so uh, I wasn't financially independent at that time, right? Uh, so I looked around and I said, uh, "What do, what do I need to do going forward?" Well, one of the things was um, having to get another job because I wasn't financially independent. I had to pay my bills, so I had to get another job, which I did. But it didn't end there. Um, I realized I needed to do something different for myself to be more financially independent. And so that's where, you know, I ended up getting into real estate to provide a second second source of income, cash flow for me. Um, 
and and fortunately that that turned out extremely well it it did like you had mentioned it allowed me to leave the corporate environment when i was 44 years old so i was i was financially free at that time 44 years old living a great life and i started to think about a lot of different aspects because i had the um not only the financial freedom but i had the freedom of time which is more important for us because our time is fixed. We can't expand it, right? Our time on this planet is fixed. And so I started thinking about um, just why, why are these different dynamics going on with politics and the economy and society? Why are our freedoms being stolen? Because I'd recognize that I'm like, you know, these, uh, you know, I'm paying more taxes and that's uh, to to a degree a theft of our, on our wealth you know so and i see the impacts of what's happening on social media now i talk about there's good things with social media but it, there's also bad things with social media so uh we use social media in the business you do i do and it's there's greatness but you know as an individual i have this this little thing here called a smartphone that steals my time. And so I'm thinking about all these different dynamics saying, you know, how can I help people basically achieve more in their life, more freedom, more health, more wealth, whatever it is, how can I help them? And so that's what, what led me um, to writing the book, Freedom at Risk, because I really wanted to, I had this passion to share with folks how to achieve more freedom personal and financial freedom in their lives. So that's why I wrote the book in, in such a way. Uh, it's not a textbook. It's it's a book that explains what's going on and why your freedoms are being stolen. And, and it's not political. It's not a, uh, you know, Democrat versus Republican thing. It just is. This is just what is. And so it's written in a very uh, easy to read format. And then I go on and I explain in a very a la carte package. If you want more personal freedoms, here's some different ideas on how to get more personal freedoms in your lives. If you want more financial freedoms, here's some different a la carte things you can do for financial freedoms. And the hope is you find a few things and you bring those things together at, to achieve more personal and financial freedom in your life. So, so that's, yeah. uh, probably more than you wanted to know, but that's really the, you know, the, the, the meaning behind what I do today. Yeah, I understand. So for those of you who are interested to know more about his book, right, Tony's book, um, you can actually go to the caption, okay, we have it in the caption itself, and you can go and check it out in the website itself. And I'm pretty sure, you know, if you want, you can actually get it, you can not just get it for yourself but also for your friends even though christmas has been you know over a little a uh, few days already but you still can give them a gift a new year's gift for example all right so yeah, one, yeah. one thing i I'd, I'd love to uh share because it's 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 free uh, um you know content that we distribute so if there is somebody out there that that goes and purchases the book shoot me an email, Tony Lopes at dirtybootscapital.com. Send me an email, say you purchased the book. I have some free content. There's a workbook that we created that goes along with the book. So as you're right. reading the book, you can do this workbook 
that stimulates some additional thought, right? Some critical thinking along the way. I don't want folks to just read the book and say, oh, okay, I read the book and then put it up on a shelf. I don't want that. Don't buy the book if it's just going to end up on a shelf, right? <laughs> I, I right. want you to get the most out of it. So please shoot me an email, Tony Lopes at dirtybootscapital.com. That way I can send you the free content like the workbook and we have some uh, some other PDF files to help people. Right. Well, awesome. So for those of you, go and check out the book and then email it to Tony Lopes once you have gotten it. All right. And Tony, I'm just curious, right? You know, um, I actually read on your website about government is actually robbing you from your freedom. Uh, and just now earlier on, you were talking about taxes as well. So I, I believe it's kind of linked. So can you share with us more on why do you think that the government, in a sense, is robbing us, you know, the, the people, the nation, um, whichever country that they are from, robbing them from their personal and financial freedom? Yeah, that's, that's a very good uh, question. And it, it's a hot topic, right? We can talk... Right specifically about i'll talk about housing affordability i was just meeting with somebody yesterday uh they have uh they have a daughter uh who's going to be getting married and so they're talking about buying a house and housing affordability came up and uh we're just in this place where it's very difficult for young people to be able to afford buying a home i get it i see mm -hmm. it and so today there's been a lot of talk about um, interest rates being one of the cause uh, cause factors of not being able to buy a house because interest rates have increased so high on home buying. And that will come down to some extent, but from a different perspective, here's what's going on behind the scenes for folks like us in real estate who are you know doing deep dives into this. The federal government, has taken out such a massive loan on themselves in terms of U.S. Treasuries, right, that they need to, during the last three years, during the COVID period, right, during the pandemic, um, they've taken out such a huge loan to be able to pay for so many different types of program, corporate welfare programs, uh, societal welfare programs, uh, taking out a loan to pay for certain governmental programs like the Chips for America Act, right? There's so many mm -hmm. different types of loans, trillions of dollars the U.S. government has taken out in loans that we have this huge deficit now at the federal level. And what do we need to do? The federal government still needs to pay interest on those loans, on that deficit that they have, right? So that uh, loan payment has exploded recently over the last three years, exploded. So that's more money when the government takes in um, receipts in terms of taxes from the people and from the corporate uh, corporate world. When those taxes come in, much of that needs to go to pay the interest on those loans at the federal government level. Well, right. People would say, okay, so so what, Tony? That's a federal government. It doesn't mean anything for me. But it does because what ends up happening is that's less money available at the federal government that can flow down to the states, cities, and towns. 
right? There's less money. They're paying at the federal level more and more in interest payments. So now that's less money available to flow down to the American uh, citizens, right? So at the state level, everything from education programs to infrastructure programs to welfare programs, all of these things at the state level, the state needs to make it up. They need to find that money somewhere. And one of the things we're saying is property taxes going higher and higher. We've all seen it. So right now we're experiencing an affordability issue in the housing market for young people to buy. And they're looking at, you know, they're not going to have that same freedom of buying a house like their parents and their grandparents did. We're seeing that right now because interest, the interest payments are very high. But what we're staring into is also an affordability issue in terms of property tax because the states and the cities right. and the towns are going to have to increase property tax to make up the difference for what they're not getting from the federal government. So as property tax increases, again, it's, afford it's an affordability issue for young people to purchase a home. Maybe they can afford the mortgage, but the property taxes are going to kill them. Right. Yeah. So, again, this is just one of the dynamics that is stealing uh, uh, people's freedom. People who want to buy a home and live a nice, have a nice house, live a nice life, have the white picket fence, have the nice backyard for the kids and the dog to run. Right. This is a picture we all relate to, something we all want. Who doesn't want yeah. a nice house to be able to say, this is what I own. This is where my kids can be in safety, run around in the backyard play ball, swing on the swing set, run around with the dog, right? This is what we all want, but this is what right. is at risk because of what the federal government has done. So I hope that helps. I hope that makes sense uh, for, yeah. for for folks out there. I, I agree. I, I it, it does make sense because if we are looking at, say, the 1960s, for example, and we compare it now, definitely now everything has increased. Back then, olden days, um, our parents were earning way lesser, and the, that's why the amount of um, the dollars and cents for the housing is also similar pricing as compared to now, in a sense. Back then, how much they are earning is like, what, $20, $30, for example, right? And then um, back then, houses were less than $500,000. They, they were definitely way lesser than that. And... And if we compare it last time and now, it it's definitely the the it's um, the com the comparison is is similar in a sense because now we are earning probably I would say hundred times more than what we were earning last time in the nineteen sixties as compared to now. So that's why everything shoots up and our money that we are earning have to go up. But of course, the government needs to earn more, so the taxes have to increase. Everything. There's inflation and everything else, so so that's that's how I comprehend it. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. Right? No, there, there's so many different factors, and and you you just brought up a good one there. I mean, when the federal government needs more money to pay the interest payments, to, right. and to pay off that the principal portion of their loan that they took, they're going to get that from the American citizen. They're going to increase taxes, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. another way that our our freedoms are are being stolen. You know, things don't happen just overnight, 
right? This is, these are one of the things, you know, we yeah. look at, we study, we have, you know, a, a short-term and a long-term view of things. And, um, you know, some of these things happen slowly over time, almost like you don't even notice that they're right. happening, but they are, right? Yep. So, uh, so yeah, we just uh, caution people to kind of watch those few things there and, um, you know, take steps to protect themselves. Okay, cool. understand. And, uh, you know, Tony, um, as we were actually talking about what you were doing in the past and, of course, um, you know, building up your portfolio in terms of, like, say, um, your real estate portfolio, I'm pretty sure while you were actually building this business up and, and this portfolio up, I'm pretty sure you have met many failures along the way or many obstacles along yeah. the way. So can you tell us, like, do you have a favorite failure of yours and how has that failure or parent failure set you up for later success? That's, that's a great question. And, you know, uh, I did, I did have many failures along the way. I was fortunate. I had a good support network uh, to help me realize that those failures were nothing more than learning along the way. Right. right. It's easy for us. And it's just like breathing. We're not learning, so to speak. But when we experience failures, we're kind of if we're if we're reflective on that failure and we say, why did I fail? Did I not plan? Well, did I take too much of a risk? The, you know, did I need more of an education? Did I have not not the right people around me, the right team? Like, why did I? Fail? Right. That's a very reflective thing. And that's when you're learning. Um, right. what you can do different and better. So, uh, so for, for me, one of my biggest failures was trying to do everything myself, right? I'm growing a business. I'm doing things. I'm working <laughs> at the same time. And here I am, I'm, I'm doing too much on my own. Mm -hmm. And not only that, I'm trying to do stuff that I'm not the expert in, Right. We do, uh, we do real estate coaching today to help people get into real estate because that's a great way to, you know, have more greater freedoms in your life. Um, so one of the things we share with folks is don't try to figure out how to do all your legal documents yourself, right? Hire that out. Lawyers go to school for many, many, many years to be the experts as a lawyer. Leverage that. Yes, you will have to pay some fee for that service, but don't try to, number one, uh, waste your time in that way because you're not the expert, right? And then secondly, you may not get it completely right. So you may be inherently doing it yourself, taking in some risk because you're not gonna get it 100% right like a lawyer will, right? Uh, so uh, like, for example, I um, I just uh, recently was audited uh, by the uh, by the state on my uh, my my income tax, right? And mm -hmm. uh, I don't do my own income taxes, because I, I'm not the expert. <laughs> I learned long ago, uh, I need to hand that off to someone else. So yep. fortunately, because I did, and they did as a, as a CPA, they did everything the right way. That audit went extremely well, 
had I done it myself, I could have opened myself up to a lot of penalty payments and uh, and interest payments on monies I should have paid that I didn't pay. And so that's that's an area where, you know, two examples where using a CPA and using a, an attorney to do work that you're not an expert in. Leverage other people. Had I realized that sooner in my career, I think uh, I think I would be even further along in, in achieving the many things I want to achieve. But the sooner you right. can realize you have to leverage other people, the, the better. There's actually, I'll, I'll recommend a, a great book. It's called Who, Not How by Dan Sullivan. It's a great book, very easy book to, to read. Who, Not How by Dan Sullivan. I've actually bought this book and like by the casefuls and have given it out to different people that I know can uh, can learn from it. Uh, I feel it's such a valuable book. Uh, so there's another one for your for your audience, for your viewers and listeners to be able to write books are cheap, right? Yeah. I'm not looking for books, uh, folks to sign up and, you know, uh, fly to a conference across the United States and spend, you know, thousands of dollars. Go to your library, go to Amazon, buy a book, you know, 20 bucks, whatever it ends up being, you know, just just read a book over the weekend and you're going to get so much value uh, from those books. So it's a very cheap, great way to, to learn and, and just build value in your life. Yep, I totally agree with you on that. And, you know, when there's this saying, when the more you learn, the more you earn. So the more you read, the more you can actually learn from all these great minds out there, in a sense. So that's yes. why I truly believe, you know, uh, you can check out Tony Loeb's books um, and also at the same time, Dan Sullivan's yeah. Who, Not How. All right. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for this uh, recommendation. And uh, I'd like to ask you, right, when you were actually building your business up, your portfolio, I'm pretty sure you would also have met many mentors along the way. So, Tony, could you let us know what is the best piece of advice you've ever received from your mentor? Uh, so to, to a large degree, uh, I was, I was a, a, a young person starting my business. I was in my early 30s. Um, and so they saw something that, that I did not. Um, and so to answer your question directly, it was they were mentoring me and advising me to, to take risks. Just do it, right? Just do it, Tony. Right. We'd have these conversations. They say, just do it. Now, just do it doesn't mean going like a buffoon and just, you know, spend your money and, you know, do things in a frivolous way, right? You have to go in with thought and a plan and, a, and calculated risk. But they were encouraging me to say, Tony, just do it. You are a young guy just starting out. If you have failures along the way, you are young enough to recover, right? Just right. do it. You're young. If you want to start a business, take, you know, you have to have thought around it. You have to have a calculated plan, you know, to understand, well, how, how long do I need to go without income? You know, if I need to go without income to be able to make this business uh, a true business and start earning some some cash flow from it, you know, you have to have a thought 
uh, a thought behind what you're doing. Is that a value to the, to the population? Uh, it, if there's no value, nobody's going to pay you for it. So you have to go through this, this process, but it starts with just do it, right? Nike doesn't have that slogan, just do it uh, for no reason, right? I think it's a great right. slogan. And I've actually purchased uh, Nike t-shirts that say, just do it. And I've given it to folks who are struggling with this mindset. They're, they're paralyzed in certain ways. Uh, so I give them that t-shirt so that when they, you know, they go to put it on, whether it's this week or next week or, you know, they remember it and they say, oh, Tony gave me this this T-shirt. Just do it. And again, it just reinforces for them that, oh, let me think about this and how how should I do it? And hopefully in some way it inspires them to go mm -hmm. and start a business or get started in real estate or create some value uh, in, in their world and whatever, whatever fashion they see. But that's been the greatest thing for me, you know, in my early career was just do it. Don't be afraid. If you have something of value, go do it. Right. Don't, right. don't be afraid. Right. Take those chances. You know, if you never take chances, you know, you're you're, ne you're never going to see what's on the other side of that door. Right. I agree. I agree. And speaking of fears, do you have any fears back then when you were, you know, learning the ropes of real estate, going to yeah. build your portfolio in a sense? What were they as well? Sure. I, you know, I had a lot of fears, uh, you know, getting on started in real estate, you know, um, today in some ways it's, it's easier. Uh, but back then I did not have a complete education on how to get started in real estate. So I took money out, out of my out of my home at the time. Uh, and so I was taking on a larger mortgage payment because I was doing a refinance of my home. And then I'm going into purchasing something where I was going to have tenants. What if I had issues with a tenant? And they didn't pay the pay the rent or they damaged the unit or I had a lot of fears. But those fears today, when I look, when I reflect back on that, those fears were a result of me not being fully educated. Mm. Right. And so right. that's one of the things we, we do with folks today, whether they're starting a business or starting in real estate we kind of go through that and say, well, you know, are you afraid of anything? Like, what are your fears? And do they stem from not having the right education? If you don't, okay, let's go get the right education. So you're prepared. And so we can let that fear drop away, right? Is right. the fear coming from somebody whispering in your ear, you're not going to be successful? Well, why are you why are you listening to them? Are are they successful themselves, or are are they you know are they unsuccessful, right? And you're listening to somebody that's very unsuccessful. I I coach folks who you know will share with me. Oh, my my brother in law or my sister tells me don't invest in real estate. It's very risky. And I'm like, okay. Do they own any real estate? No, no. They just own their home. They're yeah. They they don't invest in any real estate. Well. Why are you listening to somebody who's never invested in real estate? They're giving right. you advice, uh, perceived advice, but all they're doing is building up fear 
between your ears. That's all they're doing, right? I want to inspire people. I want to, I want to educate people. I want folks to, to be able to go out there and, and, and be the best person they can be and have the most freedom they can have, right? And right. oh, by the way, I did it. So it's kind of like, why are you listening to them? <laughs> you know, be talking to people like me and racing and other people who are out there doing it, trying to help people. Stop stop listening to, to people in, in your world that 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 are the wrong people, you know. So yeah. So I had a lot of fears, and and there there's a lot of people out there that I know have fears, and that's okay. You just have to do that self-assessment in terms of why do I have that fear? Okay. And it could be a bunch of different fears, and that's okay. I don't want people to leave this to leave this podcast and be like, you know, oh, I, I have fears and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a bad person or I'm not thinking the right way or whatever. No, we, we all have fears, but we keep them in check. Okay. Yeah. And we work to, uh, minimize those fears, but it takes some, it takes some, uh, some analysis. And sometimes you, you can't get there yourself, uh, because we're all, in, in some ways trapped in our own thoughts. Sometimes you need to go out of, out of your own head. You need to have conversations with other people who can sometimes see the world and your environment a little more clearly. Okay. So sometimes right. you got to go outside your, you know, your, your circle to get that help. Yep. I agree. I mean, when you are having fears, you go to somebody that has not been there, done that, you definitely will add on more fears. But if you, when you go to somebody that has been there and done that, or they are really supportive of your goals and your dreams, then all the more the fears will be getting out of your ears rather than, you know, sipping in through again and again and again. And I, I agree with you with that, Tony. And um, now to the main focus of our interview, Tony, what, inspired you to write freedom at risk and what message were you hoping to convey to the readers yeah so i originally it wasn't supposed to be a book uh truth truth be told um oh. i i yeah it wasn't supposed to be a book at all um i okay. started my i i don't have any kids uh, but I do have a niece and I have some nephews and they're starting to come into their own. They're, you know, late teens, early twenties. And I started thinking because I had this free time where I'm thinking about a lot of different things. And I'm like, they're not learning these things in school. Right. Yeah. And so I said, this is valuable information for them to know. So I started silly me. I started thinking, uh, I'm going to write, you know, 20, 30 pages of, hey, here's what's happening in the world, you know, from a big macro level. Here's how the world works and what's going on. And then here's what you can do, right? None of this they're getting in school. So I start, that was simply what, I, what my intentions were to help my family, right? Okay. 20, 30 pages. So I started on that journey, writing 20, 30 pages. And I found out I was at like 35,000 words. And I was Whoa. like, this, this isn't 20, 30 pages anymore. This is a book, 
So I quickly had to transition to getting an editor, uh, figuring out how I was going to publish, graphic designer, you know, all sorts of things. Again, things that I'm not an expert at, right? I'm not going right. to go learn how to be an editor <laughs> on my own book. Who, not yeah. how, right? I go find the who to help me with that how to edit mm -hmm. my book, right? I'm not doing right. it myself. I got other things to go do, right? So I had to find that who to do the editing, uh, who was the expert. Uh, so really, that is, the, you know, for your audience, for your listeners, yeah, that's the genesis of my book, Freedom at Risk. It comes from a place of love that I wrote for my niece and my nephews to help them. And I think as you read it, people are going to be able to sense that, that it comes from that place. Uh, yeah. So I've gotten a lot of good feedback and uh, yeah, it's, it's been very positive, but that's, that's really why I, who, who I wrote the book for and why I wrote the book. So yeah, that was the genesis of it. Awesome. And I'm pretty sure your niece and nephews have actually gotten a lot of tips and advice on how to adult, uh, you know, going towards the adulthood as well, adulting for themselves, right? Yeah. And and I'm I'm pretty sure you know those for those who, who didn't know is that even Mark Victor Hansen, author of Chicken Soup for the Soul, also gave good reviews for this book as well. So that's why I highly recommend all of you to go and buy this book. And the book is in the link. And the link is in the caption at the caption itself. You can go and check it out. All right. And and, and thank you for that race. And I, I mean, this is one of the things, right? We, we never know where our journey is going to take us. And, yeah. uh, you know, Mark Victor Hansen, I mean, he sold half a billion books, Chicken Soup for the Soul, hugely popular and successful in a lot of different ways. Right. And so I, I, I just happened to meet him at a conference and we were talking freedom and liberty and he and his wife, Crystal, very much uh, about freedom and, and liberty. Uh, they want folks to have a good life like they have, right? It's right. so funny, you know, when you meet, you know, successful people, they're not pushing you down, right? They're not pushing you down and say, hey, stay, you know, stay where you are. The successful and, and people that I've, I've met along my journey, everybody's lifting up. Everybody's trying to give people a hand. And he was he was so helpful and, and so instrumental uh, in, in the work that I've been doing. Uh, just a beautiful individual. Uh, so, yeah, I, I got to give a shout out to Mark Victor Hansen. He's he's been great. And just, again, a, a mentor, a good person in my circle. Right. I'm not listening to folks who are um, who are instilling fears in me or who yeah. are pushing me down. Uh, my circle is folks who are very uplifting and very positive and people who are inspiring me to do great things. Right. And that's what I want, you know, your audience, your listeners, right, uh, to, to, to feel is we want people to achieve more in their lives. And we're we're all here to help each other. Yep, I agree. It's it's always about helping one another to lift them up rather than tearing them down, tearing the building down in a sense. So yeah. I, I, I agree with you on that. And also at the same time, you know, your book 
actually uh, explores the relationship between personal freedom and financial freedom. So, Tony, can you share some examples of how these two concepts are interconnected and why it's important to prioritize both? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll share a couple of different um, things I have on the all our car package in the book. So one of the things I share with folks in terms of personal freedom is to which for most folks, it's a, it's a relatively easy thing to do is just simply start a garden in your backyard, having a garden that you can go to where you know where you're getting your own fresh fruits and vegetables is such a huge satisfaction to know, you know, there's been scares in the past about, you know, uh, E. coli outbreak on lettuce and different, you know, uh, pesticides that have been used that cause cancer. And, you know, to know your food is coming from a good place, your own backyard that you're growing, the things that you like, that your family likes to consume, it fills the vessel <laughs> in terms of you you're it's such a positive activity that not not only gives you goodness fresh fruits and, and vegetables on your table but also provides positivity in your own mind and en encourage you to do good stuff for your your family plus when you're out there in the garden whether you're picking weeds or whether you're watering your plants that's quiet time you're not on this device here, right? right? You're having some quiet right. time, right? Or hopefully, hopefully you're not on this, this device when you're out there weeding and watering. Use that time to have peace in your life, right? Just to have peace of thought and say, am I the best person I can be? What can I be doing better? How did that conversation go with my friend? It's really bothering me. Was it was it him or was it me? Maybe it was me. Maybe it was me who was not not really thinking about it. I came on too strong. I was instead of lifting them up and giving them what I what they needed, I was pushing them down, right? Leave that time while you're working in the garden, right? Because you're doing mindless tasks. You're you're plucking weeds, you're watering things. That that's a mindless task that you can do. But during that right. time, you're having some reflection in your own mind on how you can be a better person and how you can achieve uh, just uh, just better for yourself. And so some of that translates into, you know, uh, you know, do I have my financial house in order? You know, mm -hmm. should I be doing something? Gee, I'm, I'm hearing rumors about a layoff at work. Should I be worried? You know, we're seeing more and more articles come out today about uh, thousands of people being laid off from from their jobs. And hopefully nobody out there in uh, in your listener base has been affected by those. Uh, but I never thought I was going to be laid off again. I had a great education. And, you know, so maybe while you're in your garden, that gives you time to have some some quiet reflection and say, should I be doing something else? Should I be investing differently with my 401k? Or if I haven't started a 401k, maybe I should, right? I'm not saying that's a thing to do. It's right for some people and not right for others. This isn't financial advice, obviously, but it gives you that time to say, am I doing what I should be doing financially? 
for myself, for my family? Should I go buy real estate as an investment right. to have a second source of income? I'm not pushing real estate. I'm not here for that. I'm not, that's not my, not my, uh, not my shtick. That's not what I'm trying to do is push people into real estate. For some people, it's the right thing. For others, mm -hmm. I would tell them to avoid real estate, right? So it's, right. Uh, it just gives you that moment uh, to kind of achieve those things. And so, you know, when we're thought, talking about, you know, financial freedom, there's so many different things we can do. It's, you know, it's, we spoke a little bit about, you know, starting your own business. We spoke about investing in real estate. You can invest in stocks and bonds. You can, you know, do these, what we call asymmetric plays where you make an investment. There's very low, uh, um, uh, down risk, but there's, potential upward uh, profitability. An example I use is remember years ago, uh, Bitcoin, you could buy Bitcoin for, for yeah. pennies, right? That is an example to help people understand an asymmetric play. Bitcoin back in the day, that was an asymmetric play. You can invest, you know, $100, $500. The most you're ever going to lose is that initial investment of $100 or $500. But imagine the upside. Look at what it's done, you know, over yeah. the years, right? I, I think it's somewhere around 30000 for for a Bitcoin now, right? So mm -hmm. imagine that that asymmetric play, how much you could have profited had you been an early investor in that. And there's other ideas out there uh, like that. So you just got to th think a little differently. And again, all these different thoughts while you're in your garden weeding and watering these yeah to you they wash over you you know and uh, you know hopefully people take action right take yeah. action towards achieving those those things they want to achieve so nice and i agree when you have personal freedom like you have the time freedom to actually do your things you can go to your own garden or go to the park or anywhere and you can think of financial freedom stuff that can help you with your financial freedom and and then that's where you know oh you're thinking of the 401k or in singapore for us we are called we call it as cpf uh, central provident fund so it's, it's similar something similar as as a 401k in a sense and yeah people can think about you know which stock to invest and which uh, crypto to invest if they are risk takers in a sense so yeah I, I agree with you on on this on this yeah. aspect and man thanks oh. yeah and, and I, i'll throw out another one in, in regards to you know so we talk about having a garden as as a personal freedom because it, it provides a lot in that way uh but right. we also talk about getting a second passport uh and a second citizenship as another way to have more personal mm. freedoms because okay. now with with the second citizenship that allows you to travel more freely to and from countries right okay. um, pursuing a, a second uh citizenship uh and maybe some of your your listeners uh your viewers are in the same position where they uh they can pursue something like this for very low cost and every situation is different, right? So it's not like, you know, it's easy for everybody and it's low cost for everybody. Every situation is different. But having right. a second citizenship 
allows you to have more personal freedoms to go live in maybe a place that's cheaper, another country that may be cheaper, another country that may provide you more, uh, more business opportunities or real estate opportunities or right. So this personal freedom of having a second citizenship, again, bridges over into the financial freedom piece of things, right? So it yep. just, you know, it's just another thing on the a la carte package that I write about that if you resonate mm -hmm. with it, great, go look into it, go pursue it. That If you don't resonate with it, that's okay. Move on to the next and maybe the next thing you resonate with, right? So that right. There's, there's no pressure to go do it. It's just just to open up people's minds to this to this uh, perspective and to help them achieve more. Nice. Okay. And you know, Tony, a lot of times many people talk about this thing called mindset. Okay. So what role do you believe mindset plays in achieving financial independence? And how did you cultivate the right mindset to achieve your own goals, especially personal and financial freedom goals? Yeah, this is uh uh <laughs> mindset is is huge right way i i i think that should be that should be known we all know people who walk around with a very negative attitude and they're right. you know even the look the you know sometimes their their mouth is in a you know in a frown and they're just very negative people and negative negativity often spawns uh bad decisions or um you know just just a bad atmosphere around that person because that attracts other negative people it's almost right. like uh piranhas they they feed off of each other you know oh i have yeah. this negative thing or this is happening in my family well what about my family and they feed off of each other i, I don't want that in my life uh, so mindset is is huge we have to we have to you know, surround ourselves with, with people who have a positive mindset. One of the things I do is I walk folks through what I call um, my three by five plan. So what I mean by that oh. three day, week, month. So three day, week, month, five, five deep. Who are the people in your network that you are interfacing with on a daily basis? Who are the five people that you're talking to that inspire you, that are adding value, that you're helping, that they're helping you on a daily basis? Who are the five people? On a weekly basis, who are the five people or five organizations, whatever it is, right? And then right. on a monthly basis, who are the five people, the five organizations, the, the, the conference that you go to on a monthly basis, right? So it's this day, week, month. Who are the five people on every day? Who are the five people every week? Who are the five people every month? Right now, not everybody is able to identify five. Right. Yeah. And that's OK. The purpose of this exercise is to get them to think. Right. They ain't teaching this in school. Right. So the purpose is to put people in this frame of mind to say, who am I surrounding myself with on a daily basis? Is it negativity? If so, who are the positive people that I that I really should be talking to on a daily basis? 
I want those people. If I want to achieve more, right? I got to imagine your audience, your listeners are, are here listening to this because they're inspired to do more for themselves, right? To achieve more. And in that case, we got to look, are we interfacing with people on a daily, weekly and monthly basis who are pushing us down, who are negative? If that's the case, you got to get them off the list, right? I, you know, I, not for nothing, my, my family, beautiful family, but, you know, I, <laughs> there's some days I, I just I just shake my head and I say, I can't deal with that. So they're right. not on my daily call list, right? I don't call them daily because I, I need a different form of inspiration, different people to help me achieve more in my life. So mindset is huge. And if you have the wrong people on that list, you gotta, you gotta just think differently and uh, to help you get the right mindset. Um, so yeah, that's an exercise we go through to help people with their mindset that because, <laughs> so I primarily do coaching on real estate that has right. nothing to do, so to speak with real estate, that's cultivating the right mindset, right? Because without the right mindset, chances are you're not going to be able to do real estate or have a yeah. business or achieve more for yourself right? That's a mindset exercise. We go through it because it's so important to have that right mindset. Yep, I agree. When you have right mindset, your steps of achieving your goals and everything else, you you do it positively. You, you won't be, you know, having fear stopping you. You won't be um, so easily affected by other people as well. So yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Mindset is really important. Okay. And I love your three by five. I'm gonna I'm gonna make full use of this three by five as well. Yeah, and I, I believe those of you yeah, who are tuning in, go and use this three by five. This is really, really effective, especially to weed out those people who are negative and of course those people who are adding value to you. Yeah, you can use this as well. And um Tony, I would like to ask you, right, how can our listeners okay, identify and overcome the common obstacles or roadblocks that prevent them from achieving personal and financial freedom? Are there any actionable steps or advice that you can provide? Well, we, we've we've spoken about uh, some of them for sure. You know, definitely fear uh, creeps in. And fear is a, oh, yes. is a, very, yeah. a, a very interesting thing because sometimes fear starts out as a seed of initial of an initial thought just a seed yeah. picture it that way and you say you know i'm gonna fail at it and that's day one and then day two right day two you start to wrap around it's almost like self-fulfilling because you want to be right right i'm gonna fail at it right. and then on day two you wrap another layer around that seed it's almost like an onion starts to grow and you wrap around a story said, I'm going to fail at it because I don't have enough money. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, and then the next day, another layer, layer gets wrapped around. I, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to fail and I'm going to be embarrassed. You know, I, I, I'm not going to be able to face my, my family because I'm going to be embarrassed by that failure. And then the next day you wrap another layer around, right? And so imagine what that seed looks like or what that onion looks like after a year damn very thick 
<laughs> right? And, and now, uh, yeah, so we, we really need to keep our fears in check from becoming this huge, you know, onion of layer after layer after layer, right? Um, right. So, so that's one thing. You know, we spoke about mindset. Uh, there's so much negativity around us, whether it's, you know, certain social media, the, 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 the news is, is very negative. It's very contentious, you know, especially now we're, we're in a, uh, in an election period, uh, here in the United States. So it becomes very contentious, mm -hmm. you know, Democrats, Republicans. Uh, so that's a very negative and toxic atmosphere. The politicians themselves uh, are very negative in, you know, so they're staying in the right mindset is again, super, super positive. So we will, you know, so your fears, your mindset, you know, going back to who, not how, right. You know, don't try to do everything yourself. It's too hard. Why would you try to reinvent the wheel? Right. Just right. somebody's already done it. Go to them to understand and for their help. Right. Don't try to reinvent the wheel, right? Who, not how. That's where you want to focus, right? To launch yourself and be right. successful. Uh, so, so yeah, there's there's a lot of a lot of things in there, and I'll throw another one in there. You know, we're entering. Uh, I know I'm going through it. I'm sure you're going through it, race, racing, and as well as your listeners, we're starting uh, soon here a new year, 2024, right? So yes. what many of us do is we think about our goals. What do we want? To, what are our goals for 2024? What do we want to achieve? And that's, right. that's very important. But what I share with folks is even before you identify your goals, identify your intentions, right? The intention should come before your goal. What do you want? Right. Like when I got into real estate, you know, people were like, oh, you got into real estate. Yeah. You, you know, you wanted cash flow, a different, uh, you know, to, to supplement your income. And I'm like, yeah, that 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 was my goal. I wanted to get into mm -hmm. real estate and have more cash flow. That is a goal. But my intention was to have more freedom. Right. My intention was more freedom. My goal of achieving, you know, real estate and cash flow, that was that was just a byproduct. So I share with folks, what are your intentions? And so when you start to identify your goals, are your goals going to map to your intentions? Right. Intentions are things like I want to be a happier person. So if you have a goal and you have a and, and that goal doesn't necessarily map to you want to be a happier person or a healthier person or a positive person, it should that goal be there if it doesn't match your intentions, right? So that's that's another thing that I share with, with folks. These are all different things. You know, I, I get it. We're all very, very busy. You know, people work a job. They have the family. They're taking them to sports. There's a lot of different things we need to achieve at some point some some peace in our lives to think about this maybe it's when the you know an early saturday or sunday morning the wife and kids are still in bed you're an early riser make that cup of coffee or go grab that orange juice and just sit and think don't turn on the tv <laughs> don't go to your phone to social media just use that 
quiet in your life, early morning, or for some people it's late at night, whenever, just have that peaceful moment with yourself and think through some of these things. Okay. That's one of the things I, you know, I share with a lot of folks because uh, life is crazy these days. I, I get it, but try to find some peace each and every day in your life to kind of reflect on these things. Yeah, I agree. Um, you, 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 you're spot on. I mean, you, you need to actually, uh, you know, have some time in the morning to go and reflect and go and do your stuff rather than going on to the social media and, and it will disrupt your day in a sense. And yeah. it adds up a lot of anxiety and whatsoever. And I'm pretty sure, you know, this, this is a really solid advice that everyone who's tuning in can actually use it as well. And Tony, I'd like to ask you, right? What advice would you give to someone who is just starting their journey towards personal and financial freedom? What are the essential first steps they should actually take in order to reach that goal of theirs? Yeah, so uh, it, it does come down to uh, to your intentions. Are, are you trying to achieve these things for... Uh, you know, for, for evil purposes or for good purposes? Uh, right. Are you doing these things for your family? Are these, are you doing these things for, for your, for your, for your health, for a better lifestyle, uh, to be able to have different experiences and live your life? Um, so a lot of it comes down to really doing that self-assessment on your intentions. Once you have your intentions in check uh, and you you know, uh, fill around those intentions, what your goals are like, okay, to have more personal freedoms, I am going to start a garden and I am going to create that space where I can have more clarity and peace and, and more thought in my life. Okay, great. Now you go off and you have that goal and you go do that. And, or if it's a financial thing and you say, I want to go create uh, a business to be able to have a second stream of income beyond my, my job. Great. You know, you have that goal. So you have your intentions, you have your goals. Now you have to take action, right? To start right. your garden, you gotta you gotta go to the store. You have to go buy those seeds or buy those plants, right? You have right. to go, you know, dig a dig up a portion of the backyard, maybe put up a fence to keep the critters away, right? To keep the animals away, right? You have to maybe add some some fertilizer to that soil, right? You have to dig a hole to plant the plant or plant the seed, right? Now you have to take action, right? Same with the financial side of starting a business. You have to have a fun, you have to have a business plan. You have to look at your market. Do you do you actually have customers who value what you're offering, right? You have to take some action there to start a business, right? But it all starts with your intentions. What are your intentions, right? I mean, I don't do these things like, you know, I, I'm not here, you know, I don't know how we've been on for about an hour now. I'm not here to sell anybody anything, right? Yep. Nor are you racing, right? Racing, you and I are here just to, just to help people. Our intentions are to help people. They're very pure and they're very good, right? Yes. <laughs> so other people need to go look at what their intentions are, right? For them right. and for their family, right? Because, you know, yeah. if you have a, a spouse and kids, your intentions should revolve also around them, right? And creating goodness right. for them. So start with your intentions, then take a look at your goals. Now that we're going into a new year, right? Look at your mm -hmm. goals 
and map those out. Make sure they map to your intentions. And then once all that is figured out, now you have to start taking action, right? Or if yeah. you took some action last year, keep adding on action, right? What now, what now do I do for this year? So it's, you know, and, and it gets easier for folks. You know, I don't want folks to think, you know, if you're just starting this, maybe it's going to be, you know, a little hard to think it through and kind of work through it. Maybe it'll be easy for you. Maybe it'll be hard, but it does get easier. The more you start to devote some thought to this and you exercise that muscle, right? It's just like going to the gym. Your first day you're going to exercise, man, you're going to be so sore <laughs> the next day yeah, after exercising that muscle. This is the same thing, right? You're going to think about these things and you're going to be like, oh, wow. But the next day it becomes easier and the next week it's easier and the next month it's even easier. So, but it starts, starts today. You got to start thinking about these things today. Yep, totally. So first and foremost, you need to have your intention set straight. And then after that, then you will have your goals. And then after that, you got to take action, which is very yeah. simple. Yeah, yeah, I love this uh, three-step process, which is so simple. So for yeah. those of you who are tuning in, remember these three steps, intentions, goals, and action, okay? And Tony, I'd like to ask you, right, how can individuals leverage their skills, talents, and passions to create additional income streams or business opportunities that support their journey towards personal and financial freedom? This is a, this is a great question because, again, it, it forces people to kind of have this self-assessment to say, right. what value do I bring to the world? And, and, and if they have great value, say they're, they're a great cook, right? And they can transform that value of being a great cook into creating meals that they can now sell or cakes they, that they can sell, right? And be able to create a, a revenue stream, some additional cash flow from there. That's great. Right. But imagine some of these, some folks out there, um, we start talking about value and, and what can you, what can you create? Some folks, um, cause we go through these exercises with, with people and sometimes it's okay. difficult. It's, uh, they don't really create any value and they go to work. They do the same thing uh, day after day. It's like what we call groundhog day when you do the same thing day after day. And you say, mm -hmm. wait a minute, I've been working here for three years. The first week was great because I learned so much in that first week. But every day after that, it's been stale. I've been doing the same exact thing. I haven't been learning and I haven't been creating more value for the company uh, or for myself. So yep. in those cases, we have to take a look at what needs to change. Um, do we need to go uh, learn some new things? Maybe that's go back to back to school. Maybe it's join a group where you can learn certain things uh, to be able to promote yourself. Um, you know, there's there's so many different opportunities out there and it's a case by case basis. Uh, but, you know, I share with folks if we're getting into a time and place here where uh, 
if you're not able to create value for folks, yep. um, you're going to be at the bottom of the food chain. Unfortunately, that's just, I, I don't, I don't mean to scare anybody. I don't want to be blunt, but I, I think we all need to assess, you know, how do I create value? Um, and if you're not able to, you really got to be thinking about, do I need to go get some different skills? Do I need to do something different? Because what's happening today, uh, and the reason why I, I'm passionate about people creating value and being productive is, you know, we have this thing called AI, artificial intelligence, that is, yep. it's in place today. Uh, I was going to say it's on our doorstep, but it's actually in place today. People and businesses are using it, right? And so this is an example that I share with people. If my child, if I had a child and they were going to school to be, say, a contract lawyer, right? Okay. And a lawyer is a very noble profession. It's always been a very noble profession and a very high paying profession. But yes. contract law is kind of, for the most part, I'm going to say cookie cutter. Um, and so now with the advent, the addition of artificial intelligence, artificial intelligence can and does do some of that same work. It's smart enough to do the same work as a contract lawyer. I'm not going to say artificial intelligence is able to, to, to do 100%, but it is able to do, maybe today, maybe it's only able to do 50% of what a contract lawyer does. But in a year, maybe the AI is going to be able to do 70% of what a contract lawyer can do. And maybe in four years, it's going to be able to do 80% of what a contract lawyer can do. So reason yep. why I bring that up is if my child was going to school to be a contract lawyer, would I want to share this perspective with them? Because they're going into a field where they think I'm going to be a contract lawyer and I'm going to be set for the rest of my life, just like I thought I was going to be set for the rest of my life until mm -hmm. I got laid off. Right. So here's here's a young young person who's going to school. They think they're going to be a contract lawyer. Everything is going to be great. They're going to make a boatload of money. But in reality, in four years, artificial intelligence is going to evolve so fast, so quickly that it's yep. going to be doing 80 percent, if not more, of what a contract lawyer can do. So instead of working 40 hours a week as a contract lawyer, that person really only has, I don't know, maybe five hours of billable yep. labor, right? We right. see this all over the place, right? You can do th the same thing with a software engineer, right? A very respectable job, a very high paying job, but software engineering, that's just, you know, blocks of code. You know, mm -hmm. you're going to be able to, and, and it's already out there today, you can tell artificial intelligence Create me software that does this. And for yeah. the most part, you're going to get something that's 80% of the way towards goodness. Now, a human will need to go in and do that last 20%, right? Right. Uh, designing websites. Another example. I know an individual who has short-term rentals 
and he designed a uh, he he designed uh, he asked artificial intelligence mm -hmm. to design a website for one of his short-term rentals and Whoa. artificial intelligence came back and designed a website for him now again he was able he needed to go in and do the last 20 percent oh this doesn't look right over here let me move it over here the title maybe needs to be bigger but it did the majority of the the work that he needed right so so we need bringing that back to my original thing value really think about the value that you're bringing to this world and if that value can be achieved by artificial intelligence, we need to rethink things. Okay. Yeah. You know, I have a niece that's, that's, mm -hmm. she went to school for journalism, right? She went yeah. to school for journalism. Four years of her life she spent in school for journalism. Do you think artificial intelligence can write articles, can develop news stories? Oh, sure. Of course, it's out there today. Yeah. Right. Chat GBT, right? One of them. Right. We, we all use it. We, you use it. I use it. We're all using Chat GPT. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's out there today. So we all have to think about these things. What value are we bringing to the world? Right. This is a yeah. very important. I'm so glad you brought it up, race, racing, because it's so, again, it requires us to have some quiet time in our day to think. What value am I bringing to yep. the world? Right? AI right. can't do what what you do, Rayson. AI can't do what what I do. Uh, you know, uh, so that's that's a very valuable skill that that we have that people are willing to reach out to us for because they're not going to be able to get it from artificial intelligence. Uh, so yep. we continue to do that. Uh, but if AI stepped in and did what I did, I'd be out of a job, so to speak. Right. right. I agree. So, yes. So are you saying that, you know, those um, those people who are going to be affected, how they're going to prepare is that they're going to add in new skills for themselves that AI can't replace them. For example, yeah. um, even like, for example, podcasting. Right. I, I don't think AI is going to take over the hosts unless we use, you know, user generated kind of AI that can help to function, you know, can speak your your voice, but you still need someone to talk. You still need someone yeah. to say, right? So, 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 so yeah. Yeah, yeah the, uh, you have to look at what sort of new skills do I need to add to my toolbox to keep me relevant, to keep me valuable, right? Right. So I look at, you know, so there's so many directions we can go in on this. This is probably like a whole different <laughs> podcast, but it's it's super yep. important. I mean, this is probably like the the most important thing uh, we we discussed today is yep. uh, is is really understanding the value you bring to the world. And if you if you don't add value today, or if your value if you see that as being minimized over time because of AI, because times are changing, whatever it is, um, you, you really need to change with the times. Uh, yeah, you know, we're, we're in a we're in a difficult, uh, difficult world today. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's pretty, 
difficult unless if you are able to create AIs for big companies, uh, then that will be different in a sense. And then yeah. you can use a different toolbox for yourself in a sense, a different skill set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we, we're looking at, so, I mean, we, we, uh, we create, um, we have a lot of different value streams that we have. Um, right. So with, uh, with AI, uh, we are getting close to a point where I'm going to be able to tell AI, you know, go look at my book, go look at my blogs, go look at my website, go look at my real estate and create a new segment of the market that we support. Right. So right, right. now we support primarily like real estate uh, folks who want to get into real estate, you know, but if I want to now support, um, entrepreneurs who want to start businesses, I'm going to be able to say, AI, go take a look at what I've created, all the value that I've created, and go tell me how I do that for entrepreneurs, right? Yes. And so AI is going to go out there. It's going to read my books, right? It's going to go read my blogs. It's going to go look at all these things for me. I don't need to hire anybody. AI is going to do it for me. And then AI is going to come back and say, this, 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 and it's going to create me another value stream on how to help entrepreneurs, right? Or how to help right. a different uh, uh, segment of the population. So, okay, cool. I mean, AI is gonna is gonna dominate in a sense uh, in the future, in the future, but not not so soon, not so soon. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. But of course, yeah, I don't want it to be doom and gloom. There, there, <laughs> it, there's, there's time to evolve with this. Um, yes, I agree. If you're not, <laughs> if you're not here listening to Racing, right? If you're not listening to to the content he's putting out, you're gonna find yourself potentially, potentially at the bottom of uh, the 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 pole, the totem pole. And, uh, you know, you're, it's just, it's just going to be difficult to climb out of that. So yeah. we need to be taking a little bit of time each and every day to think through these things. Yes, I agree. I agree. Well, Tony, love it. And I'd like to ask you, right, you know, um, you actually retired at the age of 44. So many of us will also be thinking, what's the best age to retire? And how should one prepare for his or her ideal retirement? Yeah. So what's the age to retire? That's a great question. So it, it's it's different for everybody, right? There's no right. Uh, set number. It all depends on, on how you want to live, right? If you're a very extravagant person and you spend, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars every month, you may either have to work longer or have to work harder than somebody who says, you know what, I'm fine living in a small home and not taking vacations every year. Maybe I just take a vacation every three years, right? If you're not a very extravagant person, you may be able to retire younger. Right. So it's, it, it all depends on what your what your what your intentions are and what your motivation is 
um, I, I'll share with you. So I left the corporate world when I was 44. That was my, so to speak, official retirement. But I still, so to speak, work today. I do things. I jump on this podcast and create, create great content with you, Raisin. And, you know, I do coaching because I love coaching and I love helping people. You know, some people would yep. say that's work. You still work today. And mm -hmm. sure, uh, I, I do, but I enjoy all these things. I don't see myself ever retiring. Uh, I'm always going to be doing something, either writing another book or uh, something. Who knows where, where the future uh, goes from here? Um, but yeah, I think everybody needs to look at what do they want retirement to look like? Do they want it to yeah. look like a brand new car every three years and they're going on a vacation every year. And what is that vacation? Is that a international vacation that costs thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars? I don't know. Um, what, what type of lifestyle do they want to have, right? Do they want to be golfing every day? Uh, golfing, uh, greens fees have been going up there. They can be very expensive in some places. Uh, or do they just want to belong to, you know, just do tennis and pickleball, which is relatively free to do tennis and pickleball. Like, what do they want? That's a self-assessment everybody needs to go through. And then, you know, you look on the other side of that and you say, okay, if I need X to retire, X amount of money to retire, what's paying that out? Do I have a retirement plan that's going to pay that out so I can afford that level of living? If the answer is yes, then I can retire today, maybe, maybe, right? If right. Uh, if the answer is no, uh, then the question is, uh, what do I need to do in addition to help me get to that place where I can retire? And how long is it going to take? Is it going to take a year? Is it going to take five years? Is it going to take 10 years? Every case is is different, but it really starts with, uh, and, and I go through this with, with folks, you know, who are, uh, just getting started with real estate and they may be, uh, older. Uh, like I have some, some folks who are older than 50 years old who want to get started with real estate. So we talk okay. about intentions and their goals and all that sort of stuff. And so they come in with a very strong, they want to create additional cash flow, which is very noble, very understanding. And I say, well, what about and that this is a very specific case. Uh, I'm not saying it's right for everybody, but just to give an example in terms of getting people to think, these older people, I start to talk about quality of life. What do you want your quality of life to be when you so-called retire? So maybe we buy real estate in a location that you can go vacation to as well, right? So maybe a short-term rental and a nice, you know, community where it provides maybe golfing or tennis or beautiful beaches, whatever it is you like, maybe yeah. we go buy real estate in that location, not just because it gives you uh, cash flow, but also because it gives you a quality of life that supports you in retirement. That's that's a positive environment and gives you, you know, good things for your for your retirement, for your health. 
Um, so there's a, it's, it's a deep, yeah, that's, this is another one we could probably spend another hour on, uh, <laughs> but it, it, it starts with the, yeah. the individual, you know, what, what are their expectations? Do, do they want to have a new car every year? Do they want to take an extravagant vacation every year? Then yeah, you, you just need more, more income to support that. And maybe that means working longer and postponing retirement. It's case by case. Yeah, understand. Okay, got it. So for those of you who are tuning in, you want to uh, think about lifestyle you want to have for your retirement age and also at the same time when you want to retire. But I'm pretty sure when you retire, you will still want to do things because uh, it will keep you sane and also at the same time reduce your chances of getting Alzheimer's or dementia as well. And also it keeps you more active and you won't be so bored and so depressed at, at home, you know. So, yeah, I agree with you on that, Tony. And coming to the end of the podcast, I have two more questions for you. And, Tony, I would like to ask you, you know, since we are actually a few days away from 2024, so can you tell us, like, what's your outlook for 2024 for financial freedom, for personal freedom, for, for, for people around, in a sense? Yeah, um, another good question, uh, and another good question we could spend a lot of time on. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> right, we all know there's people who are out there who are very negative on the outlook of 2024. Um, yeah, the United States Federal Reserve uh, are they gonna, you know, keep rates where they are? Are they gonna lower rates? What does that mean? Are we going to go into a recession? What does that mean? So uh, so there can be a lot of negativity going into 2024 if you listen to just certain people. Uh, there's other people who think um, everything is going to be beautiful going into 2024 and the economy is going to be, you know, just continue to track up and jobs are going to be plentiful and the stock market is going to continue to you know do well um let's face it anybody who thinks they can predict the future uh is <laughs> uh, is, is wrong <laughs> yeah. i'd love to be able to predict the future i i share with folks you know we have to think more like a hedge fund manager and what that means is, so a hedge fund manager doesn't really care if 2024 is going to be a good year or a bad year, right? Right. They're going to position for both and, you know, they're going to hedge their bets, right? So yeah. uh, I share with folks, take a look at the world around yourself and do the same thing. You know, so for example, for real estate, right? There's a lot of us that are looking at real estate and mm -hmm. there's a lot of negativity around real estate today, but real estate is made up of residential real estate, apartment complexes, office space, retail space, warehouses, industrial space, self-store, right? There's so many aspects of real estate. So there's people out there who are like real estate in 2024, it's going to go down. But 
we look at it and we say, everybody is always going to need a home to live, right? Um, yeah. So we're very, uh, we're very positive about apartment complexes, right? Uh, residential um, uh, buildings uh, that support, you know, uh, helping people find a good environment to, to live and a place to lie their head. Uh, so we're very uh, bullish about that. But again, this too, you need to almost divorce yourself from the from the short term aspect, uh, because if you invest in this space just for the short term and you say, you know, oh, gosh, you know, in three months, what if it goes down in three months? I don't really care so much if the value goes down because the long term, you know, for, you know, the next three to five years, it's going to be a very positive environment for the investor. So it's important for us to be playing in that space today. So I think for real estate, residential uh, space uh, investing is still going to be uh, a good place to be. You always got to be cautious and looking at the markets and the properties and the people you're serving, right? There's a lot of different factors that go into that. But I'm very positive about that for a lot of different reasons. Um, so uh, for other folks, if they're looking at, you know, geez, you know, my, um, you know, is my job going to be there in 2024? Now, if you're already having those thoughts, whether my job is going to be there in 2024, maybe that's an indicator that you need to start doing something else. Maybe start some new education, maybe start creating some different value so that you're prepared if something negative happens in your world, like say you get you know laid off, let go from your job, you're prepared to roll into a new job or creating new value as, as a business owner, right? So it's it's all, I don't like to be, I don't like to be say, you know, hey, I'm super bullish and positive on this and super negative uh, on this. It's, you know, I play both sides, you know, uh, of the coin. And I say, if this happens, I'm good. And if this happens, I'm good, right? As I share with people, if real estate goes up, I'm happy because I own a lot of real estate, and, and my my net worth goes up. So I'm happy if real estate goes up. Right. If real estate goes down, I'm happy because I just buy more, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so I'm happy either way. And I think uh, looking into 2024, again, it's it's a it's a personal uh, assessment where you say, you know, what's my environment look like? If you're concerned about your job, maybe that's maybe that's a, a sign that you should start your own business in 2024, right? Get it right. started before the, the 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 shoe drops, before you get laid off, before something bad happens. Create that second income stream before the bad thing happens, right? So in starting yeah. a business, that can be a very exciting thing. And so for somebody who's looking to do that, 2024 could be a very exciting time, right? For somebody who's yeah. just sitting, sitting on, uh, you know, in their chair and they're just, oh, geez, if this happens, if that, and they, they, they take no action, 2024 could be a very bad year for them because they're not taking any action. So, right. Well, 
So, well, I, I, after hearing that, I'm really excited for 2024. I'm looking forward to see how economy gonna be like, especially, you know, is it gonna be bullish or is it gonna bearish for certain, certain industries? Will crypto goes up? Will real estate go up? We have no idea, but we are looking forward to that. But you, but you, you, you have to. I mean, it's so good that we're talking about this because you know people make money in good times and they make money in bad times, right? And so yes. if if you're concerned, if somebody has, you know, I can understand people who say, well, you know, Tony, I'm, I think 2024 is going to be a bad year. Okay, what does bad look like? Is Bitcoin going to drop? back down to 10,000 maybe. maybe so if it drops to 10,000 what do you do are you buy. positioned to buy exactly right so yes. position yourself now start taking action for that bad thing to happen start saving some money right maybe you start a separate bank account and you say i'm going to each week i'm going to put a little extra into that bank account because i think in 2024 Bitcoin's going to drop to 10,000. Okay. Then that could be a very negative thing for people who bought Bitcoin at 30,000 and there could be a lot of negativity, but for you, you're going to buy Bitcoin at 10,000 and that's very exciting. That's a very good thing. Yeah. Right. So there's a lot of dynamics here. So people make money in good times and in bad times. You just have to prepare for that, right? I'm prepared. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm big into real estate. I'm prepared for whatever happens in real estate. I don't really care, right? It's uh, so I think everybody needs to do the same, and hopefully that Bitcoin example also helps people because uh, yeah, twenty twenty four can be a very exciting, profitable time if you're prepared for it. Yeah, I agree. And Tony, this is the final question that I have for you. And imagine this: you suddenly lose everything, Tony your money, your reputation, your assets. What will you do from day one to day 30 to save yourself? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Uh, you know, and, and there's a lot of people who are in that situation, have been in that situation. The first thing I would do is, you know, take a look at, again, it comes back to that self-assessment. Like, why did I fail? What went wrong? Was it something I caused? Did, did I fail because um, I took too much of a risk? Did I fail because uh, I did something myself instead of hiring it out to the expert to do? Did I fail because it did I lose my business because I did it versus having my attorney or my CPA do it? Right? Like, why did I fail? Right? And so that's, I think that's an important first step to understand what are the dynamics around it. Um, and then very quickly after that, you know, like I, I don't dwell on that piece. I understand it, but I don't like let it get me down. And then very quickly I would transition to uh, if it's rebuilding that business, if the, if the customer is still there, I would rebuild the business, right? And take steps not to fail again in the way that I did. But if for some reason something happened where the customer went away, 
and was no longer there and I no longer had a business to support, um, I would quickly look at where I can create value. Do I create value by starting a new business uh, that supports the need of a different customer? Like, for example, say the government came in and said, Tony, I'm going to take all your real estate, right? right? That would be devastating. I'd be like, oh, my God, I, you know, what do I do, right? All my cash flow is gone. So if the government does that, and I got to start off to your question, I got to start off at day one. I may look at, you know, well, gee, a lot of what I've done and what I do can support entrepreneurs, support people who want to start a new business. So I would just re retool and say, okay, my instead of doing real estate, I'm going to support people and add value to people who are starting businesses. Those entrepreneurs are going to be my, my customers, so to speak, my clients. Those are the people I serve are going to be the entrepreneurs. Um, so that that's what I would do. I would take a look at why I failed. Is it something I did? If it's something I did, I would fix that and I'd go back and I'd rebuild my real estate because I think there's a lot of goodness with real estate. So I would, and I already know it. So um, I would rebuild. If it's something external that happened to my business and, you know, for example, if the government came in and took it all away, I would take a look at my my skills and what value I bring to the world. And I would, you know, kind of refocus on maybe helping business owners and entrepreneurs do better for themselves and achieve more. Yeah, I, I hope that helps. Yeah, a lot of my guests actually came onto the podcast. They share the same stuff as you. They, they would, you know, um, add value to the thing. They can add value. What value add they can give to the customers, existing clients, and things like that, or new. And uh, yeah, they would, or some of them will even work. And then after that, they will uh, save some money and then they will start to do this stuff. And I, I really love what you have shared, Tony. Um, and it's really amazing that, you know, um, people, when they are down and out and they can rise back up again, uh, these entrepreneurs are the true blue entrepreneurs never ever give up in, in whatever they do. And um, with that said, uh, I would like to thank you, Tony, for all the golden nuggets that you have dropped, the value bombs that you have dropped inside the episode. I really appreciate it. And where can my audience find you? Uh, they can go to uh, my website called Dirty Boots capital.com check out all that we do there to help folks if they have a, a specific okay. question they can always email me directly i respond to all my emails um my email address is tony lopes with an s tony lopes at dirtybootscapital.com and then i'm awesome. all over social media okay. so they, can, they can find me on social media as well and all that all that fun stuff okay awesome awesome well thank you so much for being with us on the podcast so with that thank each and every one of you for tuning in to this episode and also at the same time don't forget to subscribe to us on spotify itunes follow us and uh, 
stay tuned for more amazing guests that's coming on board in 2024. Okay, with that, good, good night and good day uh, wherever you are and take care and happy new year. All right, bye-bye. Thank you everyone for listening to another episode of the Regacy Show. I hope it has enlightened you. I hope it has brought you to an epiphany where you realize that this is where you want to go and this is what you want to do. So I hope you will continue to support and also at the same time like, comment and share this episode out to your people to your family, your friends, and not forgetting that we have just created a Telegram group. It's called the Regacy Show Family. So you can go and check it out and let us know how you find this group is serving you. All right. So with that, I would like to thank you once again. See you and stay tuned for another episode of the Regacy Show.